It's on like Boltron. That's I'm going to start to say that now on a regular basis because I really like saying it when I <laughs> first said it with Edelin. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special guest this episode. And we have a two-week, a two-episode uh, week this week, right? Because it's Friday. Happy Friday, y'all. And I wanted to introduce my special guest, my homie, Mr. Lanny June. Well, hello, hello there, folks. <laughs> Coming in hot like a southern. Oh my god! <laughs> what the fuck was that shit? We were just talking so much, and now you come in with hello, hello, hello. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what it was? It was that black coffee. Yeah. You know what I'm well, hey, we both are of of a black coffee persuasion. We like our coffee black. But you you said something really funny about coffee. I, I got turned into straight black coffee because of my ex girlfriend, who was a white girl from southern. Southern, from South Carolina. So, in essence, Lanny went black because and never went back, but it was because of a white girl. Yeah. <laughs> I just found that so funny to yeah. start. Yeah, you know, the there, or whatever word you want to use. <laughs> Quite the, uh, yeah, full circle. Now, we've known each other for a minute. Uh, we've been, we've been, been friends for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't hang out a lot often because we're always, you know, we're hustling, each of us in our own directions. Yes. But uh, we met during a really special uh, edition of Golden Hour. We, we were at, was it the first U- UCB show? It was first at the UCB uh, stages on Sunset, and then it was at the Comedy Central stages on yes. Santa Monica. Because we had, it was like the UCB was a warm-up for the Comedy Central yeah. audition. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but that, to me, and then we spoke about this a bit earlier, but that was like a special time just because everyone that we were working with were heavyweights oh heavyweights you know I mean? everybody like t- to the writers to the, to, to the actors um, Tim Chu was there right Tim, Tim Chu um, uh, Katie Malia Katie Malia was there um, I mean I see Katie Malia everywhere now she I'm mean, talking about a talent and the every, dancer have you seen her dance how can I not I follow her on Instagram <laughs> um, but that was a trip right yeah like when I look back at that cast and you look back at that like cast photo of all those people in that thing and you had just you were like right off the I the was, baby driver stuff yeah, right that was, was like right that during whole that whole thing right and man and then you you were shirtless I, looking they're, they're not <laughs> I was, and, I, and I was like man yeah. I gotta get up on my sit ups <laughs> yeah, every one of, time uh, one of y'all six packed Asians come off and pulling your shirt off I gotta be like damn <laughs> well, you haven't heard of the, the one finger diet that's what one finger diet what's that you put one thing in your throat and you come <laughs> Don't be promoting stuff hey, like that on my show. Fun, that's how That's what we do. You purge, you purge, you I'm purge kidding. for the photo shoot. <laughs> but um, no, luckily I was thick into um, doing workouts, doing some Muay Thai. Um, and then I feel who I've known since I would say 2007, because we met at Glowstone Theater, yeah, uh, which was in Burbank. They've been around. When I joined, they they already had been around for a little bit, for a while. Um, but that's where I met like Theo, Chin, uh, Tim Chu, Elaine Cow, um, Ryan Yu, Chiu Kong. I mean, all these all these guys who've, who've who've been around for a long time. I mean, basically established the Asian American acting community here Pretty in much LA. Theater, the theater, yeah, theater community. Yeah, right? yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it. I mean. Yeah. Given a lot of opportunity to a lot of folks. For sure. I would yeah. say Lodestone Theater was um, like the stepchild of East West. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I mean, what well, like it was like one of those where I get it because I come from Chicago. Yeah. You know, and in Chicago, the joke was always, what do you get when you get 10 actors in a room? A theater company. You know, like everybody was trying to start something. Every because yeah. it wasn't it wasn't necessarily that you had any resentment towards the bigger brother, or the bigger sister theater companies. It was it was more like I still want to tell this story, or yeah. I want to tell this story, or I want to, or I want to say this specific thing. Yeah. So I get that. I get I get having that that like little baby brother, little little stepsister of a theater company where it's like yeah, for sure. And you know, for me, it was I was introduced to. For the very first time, this world of Asian American artists, mm-hmm. you know, because when I was living in New York, I went to school out there, and then I I lived out there for a couple of years doing off Broadway things. Luckily, um, I I wasn't too familiar with a lot of Asian American um, 
artist mm-hmm. up until uh, joining Natco actually okay. on the East Coast. Yeah, but that's you know actually Daniel Day Kim was part of that back in the day. Man, um, but Mia Katic back, you know, talk about OG and like this, heavyweight. Man, she has some album. heavyweights. You've yeah. been working with some heavyweights. Yeah, and like I, luckily we were talking about this earlier. It's we we kind of forget the career that we've paved for ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, the paths mm-hmm. of our careers. Yeah. And you said something about like the mountains that we've created. Yeah, in a lot of ways, created some mountains. Yeah, you know, through the through the valleys and cracks in the canyons that we've also created. (laughs) Crevices. Yeah, (laughs) but it's especially when you're down and out and things aren't going the way you want it to. It's you know it's so important to recognize the hard work you've put in, the genuine hard work, Mm -hmm. right? And it's so it's so important to be honest with yourself about that stuff. Yeah. Let's be honest, how many fucking psychos or psycho artists out there only are able to see the good and that's that's not healthy either. No, right? you can't you can't look at all you have to be able to see the whole picture. Yeah. Um because if you're not you have to know how to the, the pitfalls, right? You have to feel the pitfalls because those pitfalls are what make those successes feel so good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because it's the yin and the yang, man. It's just balance. You, yep. you know, you can't really have good without bad. I mean, and, and if you if you can't acknowledge the bad and learn from it, then what are you doing here? What, what right. are we doing? You, you know, you always trying to better yourself, but at the same time, there's going to be bad, no yeah. matter what we do. Because without you know? the bad, there can never be the good. Like, I always, like, I think about uh, the 2016 election, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And how... That whole, that whole year was a trip for me mm-hmm. because in that week of like the last week of September, um, I turned 42. So I was, like, I was already getting into my 40s. Mm-hmm. But also it was my Cubs were winning the World Series ah, for the first right. time in 100 years. That's right. Right. So I was celebrating something that I had been hoping and praying for since I was like age six or age eight. Yeah. Right. And something, it finally happened. My family came together. We were, you know, we didn't, we were here in L.A., but my family were all watching it together. I could think about it and cry with the tears of joy of how we just came together and just hugged each other after they won and the final out was cast, right? And then two weeks later, we get uh, this guy, uh, elected president. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, what are you thinking? You know, so, right. so, so you only had two weeks to celebrate the Cubs. We talked about it with Theo, where it's like, well, I only had two weeks to celebrate. But that we talk about peaks and valleys, and it's like, here's yeah. this thing that I waited for my whole life to celebrate, and I only really got two weeks because I couldn't. That 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 celebration was, was so bittersweet. Talk about mountains and valleys. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's yeah. mountains and valleys, man. And that's yeah. and and it'll be you know mountains and valleys again for everybody. It's for not. Sure. I don't think that this is the last gas. But I think we're we're just now finding. That I think we're into entering into a new age where you know crazy rich Asians is making a hundred million dollars and always be my maybe is uh well I'm Asian where's my money girl (laughs) hey right now you're on crazy funny Asians so all you gotta do is get laughs we don't have any money here (laughs) yet no but it's no but I I do feel like seriously that it's coming yeah I I, I don't I don't we talk about it a lot about the Asian American renaissance in Hollywood and how in a lot of ways the the people who have been you know paving the way are still paving the way for all of us like Rando has been doing it since he was in UCLA doing you know his theater companies yeah, and yeah, all bro. the yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and and Ali's been doing it grinding stand up yeah with him yeah, but yeah. also you know doing stand up and I yeah. I remember uh, I was at I was at the comedy store doing a show and Ali Wong happened to be backstage when I was coming down from my show oh, and she dope. was coming off of her show and I didn't say anything to her but it was just a trip yeah Cause I know, you know, I see the, you know, the baby cobra and how iconic and and I was always be my maybe and all the stuff. Sure. But this was before always be my maybe. But at the same time, I already knew who Ali Wong was. Yeah. And to be able to say that I could stand in the same room doing stand up and with Ali Wong, right. I was, I was already, you know, it it it. L. A. is a trip in that way. Yeah. Because you talked about how like it, you went came from New York and yeah. you had a little bit of Asian American. Sure. You know stuff, but at the same time, LA and the Asian American community. We talk about it so much here because, in a lot of ways, this podcast for me right now is becoming like the voice of like the LA Asian American underground. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the Asian American Hollywood underground type of thing sure. where you hear the stories of like the 
the people that you recognize in the in the, in the movies. Like, I I I just watched rewatched Baby Driver again. Oh yeah, because <laughs> I knew it was, you know you were you're going to be on. Yeah. And and also because I love that movie it's, and and Jamie Foxx is one of my beast. I mean he's he's one of my comedic heroes. And when you think about like I'm, I do miscellaneous Brown's karaoke comedy spectacular. Yeah. And it's a meld of stand up comedy and singing, right? Yeah. And Jamie did that shit the best. You know he had a piano on stage and butter. It was amazing. Yeah. What was it? What because you were on set with him, of course. Sure. You don't mind. You don't mind if I ask. Like, no. what was it like to hang with Jamie Fox? I mean, he's just a natural born entertainer in that, like, he just has stories, right? Mm-hmm. But the, I would say that the coolest thing about Jamie was that he involves everyone in the story. It's not like this this elitist kind of mentality of like only I want these people to hear. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. does have this. He has this genuine want to share this joy of like making people laugh till they drop of course and I honest to God like when he tells stories you just laugh till you fucking drop because it's it you you just can't help it and that's when you understand the different levels of entertainment right sure but it's not it's not him trying Right, and it's not him being annoying because let's get let's get let's be real. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fuckers out there who don't know how to shut it off. Right, 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 or not I mean, not even shut it off, but be real. Be real, right? You and know, I'd rather be real with you if like like I don't care how funny you are or whatever. Like yeah. I just want a real conversation with you where we're talking just being one hundred with each yeah. other. Yeah, you know? and he's cracking jokes on everybody. Of course, you know of mean? course, and it, it you just feel a part of that family when you are able to make fun of people. Because listen, when my homies or anybody stops making fun of me, something's wrong. Yeah, oh for sure. Right when you're when you're nice all the time, fuck off with that shit. I mean, I don't. I, we we can talk about our regular banter when we're at parties. Like if you don't. Flirt with me in some way, shape, or form. Even though we're both heterosexual, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. feel. I'm gonna feel <laughs> that like you're. Comes I'm, naturally it's sometimes. just sometimes because we're both very good-looking Asian you know, men. Again, the blood floats where it there's, flows. There's too many. There's too many. T- <laughs> <laughs> the blood flows. It flows where it wants to go, bro. <laughs> love is love. <laughs> is that a deep? No, but there? so tell me, tell me about that because I think I think people would. Because, like I, I said it when I was introducing you in the last podcast, I still, even not as, like, fifth or sixth watch, yeah. I still feel like like you stole the show at the beginning of the uh, thing. Oh, be too kind. No, man, you did. <laughs> and no, but it was... Yeah. But talk more about that experience, because I don't... Because most people don't get that type of experience, where you get yeah. to work with a great director. You get to work with Jamie Foxx. You get to work with... Yeah, you know all the different everybody. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to yeah. remember the cast, but I, you know, I'm not an IMDb, so I can't remember no. all the names. <laughs> but but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. very few people get that type of experience, and then even the after effects of that experience. Like, I mean, look, if it, that came out of nowhere. I was kind of I was in a big rut um, in that I actually only got the audition for Baby Driver because. Um, do you remember the film Ant Man that came out? Mm-hmm. So Edgar Wright was supposed to direct that. Right. But he had a falling out with Marvel, and so I was actually testing to play one of the bad guys with, uh, like, Paul Rudd and, um, um, oh, God, why am I forgetting his name? I know you're talking about the dude that, the, uh, the dude Pena, that played, yeah. Michael Pena. Um, so, you know, my young novice ass was being able, I was able to play with these guys, and I'm thinking, oh, wow. I'm, like, I'm like, I have an opportunity to be in a Marvel fucking movie as a bad guy. And Edgar Wright is gonna fucking direct it. I'm like, I was walking, talk about the blood flows with the blood flows. Girl, yeah. oh my god, <laughs> you know what I mean? My blood's flowing just thinking about that opportunity. You Marvel movie? I mean, like, it was like it was a dream come true. Oh, so, you know, you're going dream upon dream upon dream yeah. come true. Yeah, because you're working with all these characters, um, and then lo and behold, Edgar has a falling out with Marvel, and mm. he leaves, and they basically, you know, they have the rights. So they write out my character. Okay. But it's funny. My, my character was actually part of another character because our characters' names were there was a Caucasian Dave and I played Asian Dave. Those were our names. That's a trip, isn't it? it? Yeah. It, it sounds racial, but get over no, it. But that, no, but that's just how it goes. It's that's how, how it goes. goes. Like, yeah. I remember auditioning for ER and there was, a, there was an Asian couple. There was a black couple, yeah. and there was a white couple, and all we had to do was make out um, next to one of the main <laughs> characters on the subway, uh-huh. and like you know, be all into it, and like be lost in the makeout of this thing, like and PDA type shit, yeah. right? That was the only, but it was like 
which race they wanted <laughs> as far as who would the audience be most comfortable oh, watching yeah. watching make out it's a real thing it's though a, it's a real thing though it's a real yeah. thing yeah but you were Asian Dave I was Asian Dave you were Asian Dave and then they wrote out our characters and you know and you know who ended up playing our both our characters was T.I. not white not Asian but just make black, black perfect well, and he, which and, has and, nothing and, to do with the decision. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, and Ti is Ti. I mean, he did a good job. I just I rewatched him in American Gangster, one of his debut acting oh, performances. I mean, I, that movie. It's I got to rewatch. I, I I need to watch that on a regular basis. Yeah, except a, for the part where he go. I, I need to stop it right after he starts. He after he gets caught. Um, oh, he goes through that, yeah, like the, the uh, reform. I've been I've been stage. I've been watching a lot of gangster stuff lately because I'm writing a lot of scripts about. Gangsters, dude. That's 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 Pandora's box. Once you lift that lid, man, you can't stop it. Oh, there's so much story there. Well, it's uh, like um, because I listen to a lot of Filipino hip hop. Okay. And I listen to Bamboo. And uh, Bamboo is a. Please explain. Bamboo. He was originally a part of a Filipino uh, duo called Native Guns. Uh Kiwi and Bamboo were the two members of Native Guns, and they would they would rap about political Filipino stuff. Oh, dope. And like not even just they were like not like tribe necessarily, but they were even more they were they, they were on a different level, right? They would talk about really like almost like a black star, okay. I mean like most deaf and Tala, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were Filipino, so okay. I immediately you know identified with them. Yeah. And they've still been they've been they've been grinding for the, I think their first album came out in the '90s, and they've been still doing it. Yeah. And one of his latest EPs had this story of uh, a gangbanger from L.A., from East L.A., mm-hmm. and he had the voiceover of the actual person who experienced it talk about how, because he wasn't born here, he was born in the Philippines, and he immigrated here when he was very, very young, like one of those DACA kids, one of those dreamers, uh-huh. and he got caught up in the gangs and then got caught up and got arrested on a weapons charge and was immediately deported. Shit. And that was the story, that the voiceover. And then I realized, I'm like, man... This, this is not a story that you've seen before on the screen. Yeah. So I started thinking, you know, what, what, how can I embellish it? How can I make it you uh, know, a story? What, what can I do? You know, but, uh, but I've been doing a lot of writing lately because I'm doing the one-man show. Yeah. And part of the reason why I invited you to the show is because I see you on Instagram and I see you on online with the fight videos and the training uh, yeah, and, the, yeah. and the extensive stuff you do as far as to maintain not only your physical, you know, how you look and your appearance, but also it, it you can't do, tra- you can't test for Ant-Man and the Wasp and you can't test and you can't test for like, yeah. or you can't be in Baby Driver with Jamie Foxx if you're not. There's certain things on your resume they're gonna look for, right? And 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 I think you always check those boxes, and that's you try to check as many boxes as consistently as possible. I think I think the the key word there, there is consistency because you can't check every box, right? right? No, you're never gonna. You're never gonna. But the boxes that you check, when you check it, that means you're you're doing it on a daily basis, which you know it correlates to to anything in life that you really want to get good at. It's just there's there has to be a consistency to it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be an action star. If you want to be in action right. movies, you better know how to do some action shit. Exactly, you know, and that I think that correlates to any like just the hard basic work, right? You just yeah. have to. That's why sports and I think acting goes hand in hand is because when we have those valleys and those those canyons, you gotta be, you gotta be doing something with your brain. You have to be imaginative. You have to be working that muscle because it is a muscle. Yeah, like just like a, a, an athlete practices hoops every day to become the best basketball player. Um, as an actor, as a comedian, like this podcast, this is something that not only is it joyful, fun, but it's informative, but it, it, I think, bottom line, it goes into the creativity of what you are. If y'all don't know, this is my layups. <laughs> every day. No, these, the, every time I do a podcast, it's me yeah. practicing, but not even just practicing. Like I've probably written two or three jokes from the conversations back and forth but not even just that like you yeah. get so many different when I bring different people in who have had different experiences like you've worked a lot in the theater mm-hmm. you know the Asian American theater you worked you worked at East West you worked with Lodestone you worked you know on the on different on a different level where you've been with Jamie Foxx and you worked on that level where everybody wants to get to right yeah. and and the peaks and valleys of that and how you navigate that is is really what at the end of the day I'm trying to get 
at in this podcast because, you know, whether it be telling your own story and writing a script or it be, you know, doing something where, you know, you train, yeah, you know, and, and like I, I myself want to start training because I find like when I, when I, cause I work at, you know, I work at Equinox and yeah. I, and I work and I, and I work out a lot, but there's something to the idea of physical confrontation. Yeah. You know, and just being able to defend oneself at a moment's notice, mm-hmm. you know, that and being and, and training for it. I think some part of it is like being a dad and, for sure. you know, like wanting to be able to protect my kids. But at the same time, it's also a part of where I want to go. Yeah. Right. Part of what I want to do is, you know, Beverly Hills Cop was my inspiration yeah but Beverly Hills Cop was my inspiration yes because of all the com- comedic performances but my, my they had me at the first frame where it was like Jerry Bruckheimer Productions and then it said Eddie Murphy Productions and uh, I didn't see Eddie Murphy Productions anymore I said I, I, I saw Eric Esteban Productions even when I was young oh, I was like man I would I want to produce shows like because it, 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 with that one frame it, it, it showed me what Eddie Murphy had done with his comedy mm. right he had taken <clears throat> a stand-up comedy Mm-hmm. And his performance in it, and now he was running. He's part of running the show in a. He's in, boss. In, you know, his boss. Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, mm-hmm. when he wasn't supposed to be the boss, because you know Sylvester Stallone was supposed to be Beverly Hills Cop. That's the original. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because his brother. I'm almost positive his brother's the guy to get shot by the hitman at the very beginning that makes oh. him go to Beverly Hills. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's one of his like one of his brothers or maybe his cousin. He's just Stallone or something. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the idea of being able to control your own story, even like Jay-Z and American yeah, Gangster and like yeah. all these things where it's, you own the company, right? Right. That's the hustle. That's the American hustle, right? right. Is not having any boss. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, that's farther from the truth nowadays just because everything is becoming monopolized you all just hope that we can work for Marvel and Disney yeah fuck I'll bend over let me say let me say I won't swear (laughs) I will wear a a CGI suit the whole time and I won't have a you know modesty flap I'll let y'all see my little penis I don't care (laughs) I don't care I will do whatever it takes, whatever whatever hero they want to put me in. I, I I don't even need to be a hero. I could be like a dude that screams and gets hit with a rock. Fuck. I don't I give mean, a fuck. I love Marvel. Yeah. Are you? Do you have you seen all the all the? Uh, did you see Far From Home? I have not. I have not. The oh, then I won't spoil I, it for you. The last one I saw was the End Game. End Game. No oh, man. Last was I. Was I know you. I, you told me this. You told me you said you fell asleep because you were sleepy. And I was hungover, and the girl that I was seeing. Don't mention, don't, you don't, 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 oh, no, don't, no, 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 if you do, if you watch the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer right when it came out, yeah, they have uh, Tom Holland yeah. right at the beginning. Where it's like, okay, the trailer has spoilers for Endgame. So, okay, yeah, I mean, see, so people know, people yeah, know see, what. I, I mean, Endgame has been out for enough. It's enough time where you can go ahead and okay, talk about the spoilers. Yeah. I'm not worried. When about they were getting it. ashy, that's when I was sleepy. Mm. And, and, you know, when when she, when what? she was happening. And like the plot was getting juicy. You mean Avengers Assemble when all the portals opened and stuff? Did you see that part? Oh, that was one. That was one of the times I woke up. Man, it was it was pathetic. That's horrible. Yeah, I mean I'm a comic book nerd though. I've 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 seen that shit. I've seen it now three times. The end game. Yeah, I saw it twice. My 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 four year old wanted to see it again, so we went on a five dollar Tuesday and oh hell yeah, saw it again. Is that in Pasadena? Yeah, that's not a that's AMC. Oh, AMC, what? yeah, yo, I don't care if AMC doesn't even give me a shout out. I don't care. <laughs> AMC, five dollar Tuesday. You join the Stubbs program. I think it's like twelve dollars a year or some shit. Don't join uh, that monthly thing because who the fuck wants to go out to movies three times a week? I'm, that's too much. But in fact, but, nice but, but every Tuesday, yeah, every Tuesday is five dollar Tuesday with this program. So on Tuesdays, I, what the fuck else are you gonna do on Tuesday? So especially I, in the summertime. It's yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. So I bring my kids. Like we'll watch Endgame twice. I already seen Fire uh, uh, Spider Man Far From Home twice already. I heard that was really good. 
It was great. It was great. But uh, man, there's a story behind that. Far from home. So my oldest daughter, Malia, that was going to be her first midnight movie. Okay. Right? And she got a cape on. And that was like, and, you know, she was doing like cosplay or some shit. I'm like, baby, Spider-Man doesn't have a cape. And she's like, I know, but I'm another superhero. I'm just doing superhero cosplay for our midnight movie. And I was like, she was just, you know, she was into it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And so we get to the movie theater and it's countdown. You know, she's eight. So it's not like she's out at midnight all the time. She was excited. She was, you know, geek. Yeah. So I got the Spider-Man red and red and blue popcorn and everything's all, whoa, everybody's yeah. excited and the whole thing. By the way, anybody who goes to see Far From Home, if they're selling that gourmet red and blue popcorn, don't buy that shit. That, Ew. Oof. The fuck? No, it, it, it's good. It tastes good like caramel corn, but it makes you shit oh, green for like oh. days because of the dye. You shit green. It looks like it's, it's, it's like you're shitting mag- uh, Mysterio for like three days. You, so you have Mysterio shit for like three days after you eat the Spider-Man popcorn. Is that how you get green? Is red and blue? I don't know, but I guess the red, the blue, and the ground, and the brown with the poop. Oh, the brown. Oh. But it was green. It was green, and it was green for like days on end. I was like, "Fuck, Mysterio is possessing me." <laughs> but anyhow, I digress. I'm sorry. That yeah. was a side note. But so we're at the midnight show, uh-huh. and now I'm looking at my watch, and it's like 11:57. I'm like, "Oh, babe, it's gonna start in like three minutes." But there were no previews, and nothing was on the screen. It was blank. Like it was like a gray screen. It wasn't even on. Uh-huh. And then at 12.15, somebody comes in and is like, yeah, I'm sorry, we're having technical difficulties and the uh, screen isn't working. We'll, we'll be delayed, but it's sit tight. And I'm like, sit tight? I got an eight-year-old Who, here who's, who's about in, to fall asleep. Who's fucking in the projection room? Right. Somebody's doing something <laughs> stupid in the projection. Why did you – can you wait till after the movie starts on a midnight showing of Spider-Man – before you smoke that joint because you yeah. fucked it up for everybody. Yeah. And, and so anyhow, this, so this movie got delayed. And so by the time it's 1245 rolled around and my kid's sleeping in the fucking chair, I'm like, let's go. Uh-huh. So I get out and I'm getting my refund. I'm getting my tickets to come back again. And I'm getting a refund for that goddamn blue and red popcorn because it was eight ninety five For green shit? Wait, no. I See, I didn't know at that point. I had just eaten it. <laughs> Oh, so I hadn't shit like, it out yet, so I didn't know that I, I'd spend nine dollars to shit green for three days. That's the super. Maybe maybe that's their uh, marketing. That's the superpower. You sh- you poop green shit. That's, that's not a superpower, man. That that's a scary power. That's why it was okay. diarrhea. <laughs> that, it, it was weird. Okay, it wasn't. It, I'm yeah. not gonna. We, we're not gonna talk about this shit. Anyway. <laughs> no. So I was really pissed off that my kid's midnight showing was ruined. Uh, oh yeah, 100%. Right? Yeah. But then we my wife had purchased tickets for all four of us to watch the next day because my young one wasn't my 4-year-old wasn't going to go to a midnight show. Yeah. So she wanted to see it as well. So we all saw, all of us saw it the next day. So it was fine. Uh-huh. We all saw it. It was great. No no spoilers, you haven't seen it. Uh-huh. But then now I've been scheduling a lot of podcast guests this past week, week and a half because my wife is out of town with my daughters. They're out in Iowa where my wife is from. Oh, okay. My wife is from Iowa, so they go to Iowa, and so when they left, I had the free passes from the, you know, from the midnight showing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I went to go see Spider-Man again because I'm a Spider-Man geek. I love Spider-Man. Yeah. Right, and I liked, I loved Spider-Man Far From Home, two thumbs up, five stars, however many, which we want to do. It was great. I loved it. Jake Gyllenhaal is dreamy as Mysterio. I love him. Yeah. I, I want to grow a beard. If I could, I would. But anyhow... <laughs> Um, so I'm sitting there, and I'm um, on Friday night, July 5th, sitting at 8 p.m., uh, the far, watching, waiting for Far From Home. And the credits, are the, 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 the reviews and whatever, you know, the previews and shit are, are going, and then the movie starts. And at 8.15, if you remember the date, July 5th, on that Friday, it was the second earthquake with the 7.1. Oh. And it happened right as the movie was starting. <laughs> what? So I'm shaking. And I, I, there was one time where I bought tickets for uh, Star Wars, uh-huh. a Star Wars movie. And I didn't realize it was one of those seats that move. Oh, you know? So I thought that I had bought another ticket where I didn't realize the seats were moving. And I'm like, why the fuck is it moving right now? I mean, I've seen this movie before. This is not a reason for the seats to move. Why, why? And then I turned to the person next to me. I'm like, are your seats moving to is it and then because that earthquake was if you remember that earthquake was real long Long, it was longer it was like and 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 you know you you grew up here yeah 
So you've experienced a lot of earthquakes. Northridge. I was here for Northridge. The Which was not even as big as the last, like it was the 6.6 6 6 at North... 6.7. 6.7? Northridge was 7.7? And then the one we had was like 6.3. And, the, the, and then the one on Friday was apparently a 7.1 at the epicenter. Oh, right, because that was Inland Empire. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but almost near Las Vegas and shit. But okay. I we felt it here in in Burbank and yeah, man it was and it was shaking and the the whole theater was shaking yeah and I thought oh shit is this the big one because it was long uh-huh. and then they evacuated the whole theater and and the only reason I tell this story is because it, it's been it's been a chore for me to watch Spider Man <laughs> the universe is fine. you see you see how big of an MCU fan I am <laughs> that I braved a broken screen. Mm-hmm. And an earthquake. Like and I still have seen it twice, y'all. You're like the rock of the moviegoers. You just go through all, like, you just fucking I love monsters. I love Marvel. Your whole, you're fucking putting, you're fighting buildings. I didn't realize, like, I, you, you know, when you sit down and you talk to folks, you don't realize, like, but I didn't realize that Baby Driver was because you were testing for a Marvel movie. That shit yeah, is a trip I, to yeah, me. Yeah, that's how I got, because. Uh, because you, you'd been working with the director. Yeah, so he knew me then, and then when um, a, a year later went by, a year went by before Baby came out in terms of auditioning, mm-hmm. and um, I get the audition Baby Driver. I'm like, the fuck is Baby Driver? And then they say Edgar Wright. I'm like, oh, oh. and then the light went on. I'm like, because um, Francis, Ch- oh, fuck, who was it? Casting director. Um, Oh, this is why sometimes I'm an idiot. But she's, you know, she casts most of the Marvel uh, okay. movies. Um, her name will come up. Um, but she, I'm pretty sure she didn't know who I was. And it was because of Edgar that I got the audition. And I auditioned for him three times. That's awesome. Yeah. And I remember at my last audition, I remember Stephen Young walking out. I'm like, that's, I'm not, fuck, what the fuck you? I don't <laughs> You know, and I was like, I love him so much. I love that. I, I love him so much. But I'm like, but it's like one of those things. Where it's like, why is one of my idols coming out of the audition I'm doing? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, fucking, just stay in Atlanta, fucking. <laughs> Come on, you're showing Atlanta. Come on. <laughs> no, but I realize, like, I, you know, every time I see him, though, it's always I, I get I don't get to see him very much. So when I got to see him, it was really awesome. Um, but in my mind, I'm like. How do you go against fucking Walking Dead? You know what I mean? There, there's that in your head. So you walk in, you're like, that's int- that's see, that's the trip of Los Angeles auditioning. Yeah, it's like you'll you'll be in an audition room and then you'll look up and you'll be like, "Dag, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, I was dude. just watching him on Netflix, or I was, you know, or you know, you're at the gym and you're like, "Damn, I was." Just watching that girl and she was on Pornhub. <laughs> I mean, that's the trip of Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we're in Valley. You're like, oh my god. I wonder yeah. if could she see me really? watching her see me. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Why is everything so familiar? Is POV? No, because I I wrote this joke earlier this week about um. Because apparently there's a Pornhub channel that is uh, that is um, dedicating and donating all its proceeds to uh-huh. saving bees, honeybees. I'm actually fucking. I'm so like. I'm, it's like so masturbating with, with a mission, right? You want to do that shit? Like, I mean, fuck. Fuck. I'm. A, I'm Maybe gonna go. I'm gonna. You need to pub yeah. up the views on that bees one. So shout out to the Pornhub bees channel. I'm not sure what it is yet because I haven't checked it out. By the way, I'm lying. <laughs> Common fact about bees, right? Einstein uh, was known to have said he said that with the population of bees, if and when they die, the human race only has two years to live. Oh yeah, no, you, you bees. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Don't watch, fucking kill bees. Don't I'm serious. Save the bees and watch this Pornhub channel. Save Porn. the bees and share this Pornhub channel on your Facebook page. Be honey. Be watch bold. Pornhub together. Hey, let's be honest, man. Just don't use it as loot. I mean, you're you're what? Do you mind if you tell your age on it? No, I'm 35. You're 35. I'm 44. Yeah. Huh? Okay, I come. From, we both lived in a pre-internet. As I like to say, the analog days. Yeah, the analog yeah, days, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the analog days when you were a young, horny kid, it, you were lucky if you got the staticky Playboy oh, channel on the yeah, TV with a with, with a little you know weird yeah. wiggly staticky titty coming out, <laughs> and you know some coming out 
Am I right? I mean, that that was said. You know, or you or you 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 had the homie who you know you had a dad with like you know whose dad had a funky you know collection and you know whatever, and you could go to their house and watch, you know. But now you can literally just type in what you want. It's yep, beep beep, and then you get it. You get it. Whatever it is that you're desiring, yep. it's right there. Yep. And, yep. and it's on your phone or it's on, I mean, it's not on my phone. I mean, <laughs> I, I clear the browsing. Well, well, <laughs> I know my cash cookie's real good. <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> search with your left hand though when you're right handed. <laughs> the left side's off. Why is the left why, screen why can't I? Why can't I reach the... Why is the consistency <laughs> of the screen on the left side like rough? See, we've, we, see I, the, the reason why... I am talking about masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> We've digressed in my masturbation. <laughs> no, because look, my my kids and my and my wife are out of town, yeah. you know, and that's what's been on my mind because masturbation. <laughs> I'm not about to cheat on my wife. No, of course not. But that's I was just gonna say it's just a very, it's a very normal progression. It's a normal thoughtfulness. A, men's health had an article that men. Should ejaculate 21 times a month. Okay, thank God. Because if you said a day. No. I, how the fuck would you... I couldn't... Have you tried? You'd rub that I bitch can't. raw if it was 21, bit, one, 21 times a day. Yeah. But 21 times a month is a healthy Oof. way. Because you got to, you got to, you know, you got to... Release Empty that. out the cells. You do. You know? Is that what they call it, the cells? Uh, that's what I call them. Because <laughs> everything is like a spaceship to me. Everything. They got to empty out the compartments. Yeah. The you cells. know, like all, all the hyperdrive cells. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> when it's on hyperdrive, you gotta get it out. No, it, and it's seldom on hyperdrive. Now I'm on 44 and I got two kids, so <laughs> right now it's a space dock. It's like you remember, you remember in uh, the the first in the first of the Force Awakens when they were looking at the at the Millennium Falcon, oh, yeah, and yeah. they were like, "Damn, what's that piece of junk?" That's oh, what. That's my that's spaceship that. right now. That's how it looks. Yeah. Like it hasn't been, uh, you know, Han, Han Solo and Chewbacca. Had, uh, like where the fuck? Where's my? Where's my spaceship? But I don't it's know the, where it it's is. It's a little rusted, but it still has light speed. Oh, if you hit hyperdrive, that bitch still works. Hey, hey they don't build them like they used to. <laughs> we went, we've gone from masturbation to <laughs> making an analogy and metaphor of my penis to the Millennial Falcon. This is not only a This is crazy funny TV. Asians right now. This is crazy funny Asians on a different level. We're, ta- we're teaching you biology because Asians are fucking our doctors as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it's funny because... I talk about, you know, crazy funny Asians and, and like, just to bring it back to Golden Hour and, like, yeah. that whole, the, the Asian-American community here of, oh. of funny, talented Asian-American. And it's, it's because it's one of those, well, like, you train, mm-hmm. right? And you, you are, I'm sure you're doing acting classes and you're studying yeah. and you're, you're, you're honing your craft and you're, you know, but you're also funny. And, the, and, and, and what I've found as I've interviewed actors here and I've interviewed, you know, the Asian American community here in LA, what I've found is like, you have to be so multifaceted mm-hmm. to stay in this game for so long, you know, because I mean, you've been in it for a minute. I've been in yeah. it for a minute. And you have to reinvent yourself and figure out new things so much. Mm-hmm. Not even just because you're an Asian American actor, but because you're an artist, mm-hmm. right? And the artist's mind is so constantly trying to create stuff and still tell stories that if you're not doing it, it's almost like, what am I doing here? Yeah. I think that's our MO, right? It's, it's what makes us wake up in the morning, hopefully. It's what, it's, it's what gives us hope, mm-hmm. right? Like, most people's hope is making money and buying or doing whatever they want. Right. I'm not saying that's not a part of us, but I think what drives us more is creating and expressing whatever the fuck's in our like mental capacity. See, and that's right? I mean that's why I do this podcast, right? It's because yeah. I give you um, my friends, people that I know, people that I'm familiar with in their careers that I'm impressed with. I'm an, I want them to share their story here because I know that there's more than just the IMDb line. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's more than just a credit. And it's more than just even the bio, uh-huh. right? It's it, there's so much more to the story, which I feel like that those intricacies and those details of the story are what, you know, the people who are listening to this podcast are going to attach to and to empathize with. To yeah. be like, oh yeah. So, tell me, like, what 
when you were when you were a kid uh-huh. when you first started like what was what made you want to do this what 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 made you think uh-huh. Mr. Lanny June will one day be working with Jamie Foxx you know like Yo, what, 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 what what made you start like what what made you what made you jump into this game I I remember I didn't know I wanted to be an actor until I actually started doing it in college but like this was way before my the very first thing I saw was Phantom of the Opera in third grade, and we were literally we literally sat at the back row, the okay. last row, and I watched the entire thing through binoculars, mm-hmm. and I was in awe because mm-hmm. that was the very first Broadway show, live show, musical show, where like I was com- completely captivated by the story, the performances, the the costumes, the set. And I just, I, w- I was so enamored by what this world was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. I didn't, like, acting, I knew, I knew acting in a very uh, general level, right? Sure. But I think that's what sparked this kind of, what is it? And that's where it started. Mm-hmm. And that bled into, like, me wanting to, I think, in high school, especially middle school and high school, wanting to perform. I didn't know in what way, though. Sure. Right? And it wasn't until I went to school in, um, in New York where I... It was only my sophomore year in college um, uh, where I started acting, and the very first thing that I did, I had to play a gay man. Okay. And this class was predominantly gay men. Okay. Right? And I was one of maybe like three that was not homosexual. Okay. And my scene partner was uh, gay, and my director was gay. And so when we were when we were rehearsing. I caught my and there, the, the scene was very intimate and we my, my partner was dying from from HIV and AIDS and so there was this moment of like caressing and like no really there was no making out it was just very sensual yeah I mean you had to know, they had to know that you, you loved each other yeah yeah and unbeknownst to me it wasn't the sense of like being grossed out I was it was so uh, foreign to me and I caught myself becoming uncomfortable sure sure and so I had to take them aside and I was like I don't want to come off as like a fucking typical prick you know sure of course and I said I just have to I have to tell this to you guys because this is just how I feel and they were so open and so accommodating and so Dude. wonderfully helpful um, that when we actually did the scene the caressing and all the intimacy felt so real. Yeah. And I was this gay man for a little bit. Sure. And I was completely captivated by this scene. Yeah. It was it was a play called um, A Language of Their Own um, by, um, God, I forgot the writer's name. Um, I, I think I've, I've heard the title of that play. Yeah. I, know, I know you're talking about it. I, that's a very, like, I, the thing about, like, every time I ask people, like, that question of like what got you started, it always starts yeah. on the stage, yep. like in some way, 100%. like whether it's you've seen something or you are part of something or whatever it is. But the stage, in a lot of ways, brings us to this game because yeah. it it's 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 really a rite of passage for a real yeah for a real one yeah you know I, I and I and I don't I don't want to criticize or say anything because there's a lot of different types of actors sure. You know, but but as far as for me, the people that I've grown to respect, the people that I idolize and see, they're you know, most of them, or if not all of them, come from theater. Yeah, like you know, the Streeps, the Daniel Day Lewis's, the Pacinos—they all come from theater. All of them. Well, because I think it's very to be able to convey yourself in the moment yeah. on stage, especially on a Broadway stage or off Broadway stage, yeah. or even just. East West players, or even anywhere, yeah. you know, where you could, you know, where you can convey yourself in the moment of that reality that, yeah. you know, that you as a as a production have created. Mm-hmm. It's a special thing, man. It's yeah. it's a really like we talk about like you know the, the, my experience. We talked about my experience, the first experience I had in L.A. with my first stage experience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I've told the full full story <laughs> of this, but we probably can close it out with this. Yeah. So. This is the way that L.A. always finds yourself full circle, right? So I did a show back in the day called Neo, A Matrix Musical. And that show was a musical comedy spoof of The Matrix. And we had, like, you know, Morpheus raps in it and, you know, yeah. the... Um, the, the, the uh, the Oracle sings, like, a blues song. And, they, like, is it, you know, just fun, 
fun late night comedy romp, whatever. Yeah. And we produced it three times, and it was very—I don't want to say successful, but it was—it—it—it—it it, 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 it garnered me a little bit of cred, street cred in Chicago, yeah. as far as in the comedy community. And and so when I got here to LA and I got an opportunity to audition for East West, they gave me an opportunity to be an understudy for this play called Art. And Art was this play where it's set on this all white stage, mm-hmm. right? Just like in the Matrix in the second and third Matrix where Neo is sitting in the subway with that uh, sage Indian guy, right? Um, and he's sitting on this all white subway and I'm sitting yeah. in this all white stage, right? Like Neo. Stuck in this limbo of the all white thing, and I got to act with the guy in the movie. That's so dope. That Bernard White is his name, and yeah. Bernard's—I've already reached out to him. Bernard's going to be on the show. Yes. Um, yes, Bernard White's going to be on the show, and um, sooner than later, we're going to get—we're getting here, and we're going to interview. But um, but he and I got to act on this all white stage, yeah. and I'm thinking to myself, I wrote this Neo Matrix musical, and I'm sitting here in L.A. on this white stage. With. Hanging with the dude that's <laughs> that, that that was helping Neo guide Neo yeah. to his salvation, and you know it's like the universe telling you you're in the right road. That's so dope, right? And I and I and I think and I look back and I you know I'm listening to your experiences and how, you know, all these people, these cool people, you know, yeah. along the way that you meet along the way, yeah, you know, they just tell you you're on the right road. You're yeah. on you're, you're, it's the universe saying, hey, bro. Just keep going. Yeah, recognize it and then put your head right back down. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I mean, we were talking about it when we were warming up, right? You yeah. said you said sometimes you're so caught up in the hustle that you don't realize the yeah. stuff that you, you know, the yeah. the, the things that you've accomplished. And you, yeah. sometimes you look back and you're like, man, we're here. We're here, and I think we just have to enjoy it more and more. I mean, I, talking to myself, I guess, because I find myself, when things aren't going the way I want it, like a spoiled little brat, it's, it's a practice of realizing that's most of the time, right? Even, let's say, when you were working consistent, consistently, I'm sure there are times where you're, with that, even with this work, you're going to still have these feelings, mm-hmm. and that's what, where it gets dangerous. But when you, when you have a healthy mentality, which I think you do because you're able to do these podcasts and be creative and different facets you're doing it because you're doing it for the right reason not to feed the ego or to feed your only soul it's like you want to share things that's it man that that thing that's what makes it different that's what makes it honest and sincere and that is what people want to hear and see see this you you how do you sum up the, the <laughs> podcast with like the, the 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 slogan of the podcast which is this right yeah. you tell your story you tell our story because when you share your story oh, you're that's awesome. you're sharing everything and you don't we don't know who we hit right yeah i've said it a few times now and i can it's kind of been like a catchphrase of mine but it's like a pebble right you drop it a pebble in the water and then the ripples y- yes. they really you can't control the ripples you can't but you gotta go along for the ride, and hope to catch you. Hope to God you catch one of them ripples. You know. You had a few ripples. So what's what are the next ripples, huh? What what do you what's uh, next for Lanny June? Um, I actually uh, how do I, how do I say it? I'm under an NDA, but I guess I'm not allowed to say the title of it. But DreamWorks is turning. Uh, this franchise, you know this franchise, I'm going to mm-hmm. say Vroom Vroom. Okay, 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 okay. Vroom Vroom. Vroom Vroom, they're turning that into a cartoon. Okay. And I was lucky enough to be in nine episodes of the series. Nice. Out of like 12 of them or something. So like you, do, you do voice work too? Yeah, I got into it uh, beginning of this year, uh, lucky enough with this team, and then um, they liked me enough to where they brought me back for a little more episodes, and then um, it's going to be out on Netflix. It's called, oh, I can't say it. No, don't say it. Uh, yeah, but yeah. it's a top secret franchise nice movie, movie about, that, about Vroom Vroom. Vroom Vroom is the clue. Uh-huh. Look and at it. See, secret insider <laughs> Hollywood information. Vroom Vroom is y'all's clue. Yeah. Because one day we're going to think back, like probably probably like six months, maybe animation, you never know. It might even be a year from now. Yeah, you, you, and then you'll be like, the fuck? Yeah. Vroom Vroom? Yeah. Lanny June. 
Uh, I had some of the best fun on this this project, man. But then it's also like with Hollywood, you just never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah. You know, and Um, but but at the same time, what else? Like, are you are you? So that's what you're currently working on. Yeah, I I wrapped that, and I'm shooting in August. um, A friend of mine wrote this project called um, Something to Fight For. Okay. And it's about actually Muay Thai. The the yeah. We were, the, my buddy's actually in the same gym that I go at, uh, at five, um, and he wrote this uh, piece, and it's basically just him and I. Um, you've heard the story. It's about a down-and-out guy who doesn't have the best circumstances growing up, finds Muay Thai through my character, and, you know, and ends up kind of having this rocky moment. Sure. But I think where we're trying to differ is how we're going to shoot it. You know, sure. It's going to be very stylized. Well, but I mean that story. There's, there's very. Few, I mean, when you look at the plot lines and you know story arcs, there's yeah. very few real stories. But it's always what, what the perspective yeah. in which that it is told. Because you can tell that rocky story so many different ways. Exactly. I mean, I mean, like not even that. They with with different styles of the 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 martial arts and like. I mean, let's be. Real Karate Kid is the is Rocky, right? 100%. And how many different times did they exactly. tell Karate Kid? I mean, they even have got the Cobra Kai the other yeah. end now. I mean, they, you know, there's so many different perspectives to that because confrontation is a, I mean, that's essence of a story, right? Yeah. I mean, if yeah. you don't have confrontation, if you don't have stakes in right. a story, what what really, what right. do you got? You know, exactly. if you don't have something to fight for, which is the title of your yeah, the yeah. short film. I mean, what is there to do? I mean, that's like when you're even in, in acting class and when you're a young actor, you know, that's the question you ask yourself in the scene, right? Yeah. You know. I think that's one of the reasons why we're able to watch things like Hamlet and things we already know what's going to happen over and over again is because we want to see what this artist brings, mm-hmm. like what their perspective is right. on what this writing is. Um. But, you know, I think to me that those are the best stories that are told is you know what's going to happen. But right. it's the ones that surprise you, even knowing you know what's going to happen. To bring it to, like, our Asian-American culture again, like yeah. in ending of Always Be My Maybe. You guys, if I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah. about spoilers now. Y'all should have seen this shit. It's on <laughs> Netflix. Yeah. It wasn't like you had to go to the movie theater. You're going to just yeah, hit your shit on Netflix. I'm putting spoilers out. I don't care. <laughs> but that... Mom's menu, yep. that surprise. Oh God! Because that was that cultural perspective surprise that maybe not everybody got. But yo, my mom owned a restaurant, and I've never seen her. I've never seen her cry so much in my life. I've oh my I've God! Never seen her so tired in my life. And when that scene came about, I yawned so hard, and I can. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was just fucking tearing. <laughs> Tears. Yeah. My, because I, it was gr- uh, so beautiful. Yeah, and I'm lucky enough to have my mama still alive and she kicking hard. You know oh, yeah, I mean? my, mom's, my mom's still alive too. She's, she's great. Kicking she's kicking hard. My mom, um, my first play in Chicago, my first professional play was a Young Playwrights Festival. It was like uh, they hired professional actors to come in and do uh, plays that had been written by high school kids. Yeah. That was like my first professional. Oh, that was right. my first professional gig. And at the at the opening night of that play, right, yeah. my mom had flowers for me, you know, like traditional. Yeah. And I remember the card that my mom read because you know how like most Asian American parents aren't supportive of artist careers, right? Sure, sure. My mom wrote this card and she said, "I'll see you at the Emmys." Oh, Love, that's mom. awesome. Yeah. So yeah, moms are. They're I mean, fucking superheroes. Uh, you you can call it cliche as you want, but no, you, moms moms go through something that 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 our dads will never go through. But at the same time, when you're lucky to have both a real cool Asian American dad and yeah. a real cool Asian American mom, the way I mean, like my how you you have a good relationship with your dad? Yeah, I mean we've we've been through our our ups and downs, but we're at a place where it's been the best. And I've always had a close relationship with my dad and my mom, but I think as we grow up as adults, especially in the Asian household, there's a respect that you deserve and need from the elders upstairs. But most of the times. You're not given that, and you kind no. of have to fight for that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, that's I, that, I've been very lucky with my parents in As a lot of ways. I, yeah, right. I mean, because I mean, you don't usually get that. You and, don't. But at the same time, it's not like that was something that's always. I mean, yes, for for my mom, 
it's always been there. But from my yeah. dad, you know, dads, Asian dads are different. Yeah. You know, I mean, because they come like we 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 come from a different perspective because we're you know the second generation here, sure, right? Sure. And and they immigrated from here. We talk about this a lot because the immigrant experience of you know going from one world to another world yeah. and then trying to assimilate to that world with children and making sure that your children are safe is I can't even yeah you know I can't even it's amazing to me like the that immigrant experience because I I moved from Chicago to to LA and I culture shock was already like yeah you cannot compare it's, yeah there are uh, the generation above us is just cut from a different cloth yeah you know going back to like the letter that your mom gave you my father was a bit different in that as an Asian parent, he was very supportive. And I found out why, like when I f- was working consistently as an actor, which was around probably 2007, right? Okay. That was the beginning of something. Yeah, when you started, when, you, when your career really yeah, started a, popping off. Yeah, and the very first thing that I shot was actually, lucky enough, Lost, right? Yeah. And I was a huge fan of that. How cool is that the, to be on a show that you're a fan of? And like, I used to watch that with my roommates in college. And when I came home, because my dad knew how much that meant to me, he, he told me a story. He goes, I never told you this because I guess I guess I wanted to wait until the right moment. He goes, I wanted to be an actor when I was a kid. My dad never told me this. He wanted to be an actor and he used to use the money that he had to use for like food, but he would uh, use it to watch a movie and there's only one movie that they played in his village and he watched that movie over and over and over again and it was his dream to be an actor yeah but as an immigrant come you know like tr- escaping the Vietnam War going to Argentina living there for a year and a half and then coming to Ohio opening up a wig, wig store with your brothers coming to LA meeting his wife that was arranged by the way Having two, uh, like having a kid, going back to Cincinnati where I was born, having my middle sister and then me, and then coming back to LA. When the fuck do you have time to be an actor? I'm saying you can't even get headshots. During that time. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know? Shit. So like, so when I heard this, it was talk about a full circle, and that you know, it really, I really appreciated the fact that my dad was able to see a different perspective in life through the arts, and so in that since I was so lucky to have support the entire way. Yeah. Because if I didn't have that, when I hear stories about people doing this without their parents' support, I don't it, fucking it, it, get it. It blows my mind, man. And I'm it, like, y'all are superheroes, It's like you're, you're, you're fucking rebel punk rock yeah. superheroes because I can't imagine not being able to at least in some way, shape, or form, like, you know. The emotional support. Yeah, like, like my dad, when I first did stand-up, Right. Yeah. He came backstage after the show, and the only words he said to me were, "You should have been doing this ten years ago." Ah, that's awesome. You know. That's awesome. And you know when you when you have supportive parents, yeah, it's so much, it, it's so much better. <laughs> you know, yeah. because you want to share your successes and the mountains and the yeah. peaks. And even and of course the valleys with your parents because your parents are going to be there for you no matter what. Yeah. And when they're there for you through the valleys, it's great. And but when they're there with you for the peaks and you can share it with them, it's it's yeah. even that much more incredible. And the idea that your dad wanted to be an actor, crazy. That that to me encapsulates the immigrant experience, right? Yeah. We are able to live out our parents' dreams. Yeah. Oh, the coolest part about this, which I forgot. The, when I was on Lost, I played a Korean doctor, so all my dialogue was in Korean, and so I had to like learn medical lingo, which was really hard. And I helped my dad was the one who helped me with all my dialogue. That to me was like I, it was a fucking win, man. That man, and are you kidding me? Very first job. Yeah. Listen, okay, guys, you don't get much crazier funny Asian than that story right there when it comes to the first generation meeting the second generation and coming together through the arts yeah and yo man Lanny thank you for sharing that story and all the other stories and you know stay tuned because we're coming back next Friday with another episode of Crazy Funny Asians this has been Miscellaneous Brown aka Eric Esteban And your boy, Lanny June.
Thank tell you. him goodbye, Jan. Tell him, tell him goodbye, Lainey. Thanks, everybody. It was fun. Go watch Baby Driver again. Watch that shit. Sexy motherfucker. <laughs> Just watch it 10 minutes and then turn off. <laughs> After they open the trunk, you're good. You can turn it off. It's good. Although that, 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 did you get to meet that, that Spanish, the lady, what's her name? Asa? Oh, man. She was the night, she was like the most friendliest. Okay, I'm not going to, because I'm married, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>